0: Good news, everyone!
1: Cult Following is
2: here! Hey, everybody! Welcome to our 11th edition of Cult Following, brought to you by the folks that bring you Cult Classics AZ every month at the Pollock Tempe Cinemas at 9.30. I'm one of your three hosts today. Victor Marino, along with... Pointing at Adam. Uh, I'm Adam. And Kirby Nelson. Yes! You can always find Cult Following on iTunes, just search for Cult Following. We're also on SoundCloud and you can find our archive at cultfollowing.co. And this week's edition, we're going to talk about a timely matter since this Saturday is Free Comic Book Day, so we're going to talk about some of our favorite comic book movies. Now, before we get started, I think we're all going to talk a little bit about our week's in film, our collective week in film mine at i mean kirby's why don't we start with you kirby what are some of your adventures in the world of movie watching well uh do have some good adventures in movie watching but i'll preface
1: it first by saying i had a great time i know victor was there too was uh actually recently at zapcon which is a retro arcade and pinball expo uh that was at mesa convention center and that was a ton of fun i went last year as well this is my second one but uh victor and i uh battled it out on the simpsons
2: arcade game till the end yeah we actually beat the classic konami four-player simpsons game which only cost me i think about 30 or 40 lives sounds about
1: right (laughs) i also uh some reason decided it was the time to finally beat moonwalker as well and uh (laughs) that one got more and more bizarre the further it went on so it was enjoyable but uh, do you ever fight children in
2: moonwalker no, you sit. You save the children. Okay, just you Joe, save them. Joe Pesci is the bad guy in the game. I'm assuming. You know, I don't even
1: remember what it... you know because I barely remember Moonwalker itself. It, uh, you know, it's all I remember the set pieces like Smooth Criminal, obviously, and a few of the other ones, but. It was just, in the end, it's like, I don't know, like a Mr. Big or something like that, which I'm assuming Mm -hmm. is the Pesci character. Yeah. um, It was interesting. I actually had some people join me playing it, and, uh, you know, they just become you know color swaps of Michael Jackson but oh that's it's funny. just weird when you become mecca mecca michael you Jackson. know i remember that now wow it's i mean it was in the genesis version i mean that's the one thing is that i played the genesis version so much when i was a kid cuz i had a friend who had one but the um uh yeah the arcade game very very different the isometric view um as opposed to like a side scroller and platformer but i don't know apologies by the way i'm i'm been under the weather but uh you know, definitely, definitely fun and playing all the pinball machines and just lots of well, good stuff. Well, that just stuff. gives you
0: blanche to say stuff that, you know, you don't actually mean. I'm sorry. I'll try. Yeah, I'll do my no, best. if you're under the weather, oh, you okay. can just, like, say the most, like, cockamamie stuff every, you want I do every week? Like, oh, every sorry, I apologize. Troll oh. 2
2: is better than Casablanca.
1: <laughs> Which it is. Oh. Well, oh,
2: okay. okay. Well, oh, yeah, we can sure. go
1: with that, too. <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, I thought I did that every week. I've... I generally don't give a fuck, but that's cool, too, so we can make it work, but um, speaking of not caring, I did watch uh, Fed Up, a documentary produced by Katie Couric, which should say enough as is about uh, eating. I am a huge documentary fan about uh, child obesity in America, so on the... The non kind of nerd tip, although I'm kind of a documentary nerd, but um, interesting points, but kind of defeat itself in the end. So I moved on to some more of my usual fare. Uh, so I finally checked out because so many people have told me to was uh, starry eyes oh, yeah, I, and watch that. I, I started to watch it and it lost and me it. and liked it. A very very slow burn. Yeah, but that's that's why it lost me. Yeah, but the end payoff was definitely enjoyable. Uh, probably some of the best gore I've seen in a while. Um, not to drop too many spoilers, um, but not nearly as great. I did like the mm, over, mm, you know, the the sub the general underlying theme. It was it was pretty good, but it just. Yeah, I, I agree if what victor's saying and i'm sure what a lot
2: of people say is it's just kind of clunky yeah it's kind of clunky and it has a really like shot on digital look that like i didn't really care for which is a big strike on me just because i'm not really i like lighting that's all i'm saying <laughs> well it's a it's a harder one to
1: do i would say a lot of modern um films obviously because everyone has access now um the actual appearance of films i know some people have noticed i mean you may have had your days you know growing at least i growing up i know adam and victor would say the same but like um you know 60 millimeter 35 millimeter 70 um you know you got a lot of different stuff but i mean they're definitely people have i think their favorite look of movies and you know it's it's just it was good but not great and
0: I've, I've come to the point now that it's i'm not necessarily so concerned about the medium as i am the story because if the story's good and the on well, the acting too i suppose if that's all there you know i mean they could be shooting it on an iphone
2: yeah I, well, I, I no think, no it I works i think with me a lot of it is just the fact that usually like to me look if i see a movie and it looks like cheaply shot like they didn't invest in lighting or whatever because shooting on digital is so cheap i i tend to think like oh the story's not going to be as good i think it doesn't help that i think the very first like completely shot on digital movie i saw was like inland empire which i think is like david lynch's worst movie and it just seems to meander on and on and on and on forever because of the digital, yeah, like he didn't, and I t- he did an interview which I ended up uh, listening. to. So it's because he had like so much he like, had footage so that much could- footage that he just kept going. It's like I don't have I, I since I have to worry about film, I can just like let shots linger, and I can see I could let somebody be experimental, but like to me, I've seen more bad than good. Well, okay. that makes sense. so it gives me a bit of a bias. That's no, I agree. I agree with what yeah. you're saying. I'm like that's without
1: a doubt. I mean, the story is always is the heart heart of any film of any feature but i think that um i think people definitely i mean i know one thing that i'm not a big fan of right now is the increase in uh you know frames per second we start having the soap opera effect of films oh uh, like the lord of the rings yeah like it's sometimes is too much i i have both of uh, it rather yeah like i have a hundred i'm not an av guy at all so feel free to correct me but you know the difference between the the 120 and uh 240 i think it's megahertz you know style tvs the the difference between a lot of the smart tvs and because um, i have a newer one and an older one and the other one doesn't uh you know doesn't upscale and doesn't speed up it's almost like a pal to ntsc conversion or well i think so. you can calibrate the picture so you yeah. can still get yeah, you can turn that off yeah oh no no you can but what i mean is but you see films and stuff definitely shine. it's like shooting and in, in shooting in all digital or shooting in um um You know, just that people have a very, uh, it's just what people, I see more in modern films now, without a doubt, and some of it works because they're Mm -hmm. so speedy and stuff, but I don't know. Not my favorite, but I can also say that about my other feature I checked out this week, which is, uh, I was excited, I liked it, but I definitely was let down, was um, Digging Up the Marrow. Oh yeah, I've heard a lot of mixed things about that. Yeah, it's Adam Green's newest one. I'm pretty unapologetic as an airy scope kind of fanboy I pretty much like everything they've ever done but i don't love everything they've done and this is one of those cases where i think the idea was really good and uh, you know really interesting premise it's basically um you know adam green playing himself very meta and just his 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 um co-producer will in Arescope and they basically go to Ray Wise, of course, who's gonna be Ray Wise and, it, you know, he just plays basically his own extravagance of his characters and stuff like that but he, you know, it's, it's just something where they go to a a place in the woods where near a cemetery where, you know he's been hunting these, these creatures in this place called the Marrow you know, an underground kind of realm, he's basically drawing, they even mention like, you know, Nightbreed and some of the other films where that's, commonplace idea the idea of like a midian and uh you know it it just you know they slowly do it they do it in a found footage way and it could have you know the first couple times i'm like man this is this kind of effective and the ending sort of works but there's just a point which it's you know you can tell they padded it out they Mm -hmm. just could not like organically make it flow like it just too many directions not enough cohesion and um I, I, I liked it, just like I said, didn't love it. Um, was hoping for more, but that seems to be, as Victor mentioned, the general consensus. So, yeah, like I said, with Starry Eyes, digging up the marrow, I'm kind of starting to tick off some of the 2014 final quarter and early 2015 stuff I'm wanting to watch. Um, the only other thing I'd say is I finally got a copy of, um, I had to buy one of the Zavi limited edition copies, one of like 500 of the movie Clown. Mm-hmm. Which is an Eli Roth pr- uh, presented film, but it still hasn't been released in the U.S. in pretty much any format. So most I, of Eli Roth's recent movies haven't been released. Yeah, in the US. Green Inferno. The studio went bust. I don't know the full backstory on Clown, but I saw the trailer. It was actually a faux trailer uploaded years ago to get Eli Roth's attention and interest, or to get it from, uh, backers' interest. And he did, and uh, it was one of the creepiest ideas I've heard um and just really really thought it was good and i'm um, hoping to check it out here so next time i'll
0: i'll uh yeah i did i we'll saw the a review the, on um, it um i'm going yeah, what you call it a trailer to kind of tease a teaser yeah 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 so. and it was it was it was effective that's a good way I, yeah that's I'd say, the best way that i could put it you know it was yeah it uh because some of those things especially like clowns i'm just kind of like eh yeah i don't really know. draw me in but I, I, I thought like you know the visuals were really good and what the idea that they were going with was was pretty cool so again i don't know if it can sustain it from like you said it was very much a teaser kind of right. short
1: but i'm hoping um i did really like you know the clown horror sub-genre i mean people have their their favorites definitely like it and killer clowns and stuff but i i really enjoyed stitches was put out a couple years ago oh, yeah, it's on I've netflix um really good horror comedy super enjoyable gory as hell and just fun it had a dead alive kind of fun spirit to it and i just i really inventive practical effects and stuff just great so the um i highly recommend that one there's i i definitely some really good films and this is one of the ones i'm
0: i'm hoping it'll be added to that but what have well, you been checking out adam oh me no, not a whole lot I guess I didn't really write down what I've been watching other than uh, the last couple days I've been catching up again with Sons of Anarchy so much. Um, mm. so now I'm I, I stopped at season 3 before because I think it's I was just doing like a it's the
2: most skippable season I mean, everybody
0: say. says that but I'm really enjoying it oh, so this is good. the
2: Irish one right yeah it's the, no, it's I, 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 it's I, the one where they I use, I, use I, LA. Yeah, LA. LA to fill in for Ireland <laughs> it's right, a but odd so close
0: That's what everybody was telling me, so by the time that I finished season two and got into season three, like maybe the first couple episodes, and this was like last year, um, I stopped because I'm like, everyone's telling me this is like the worst season, I don't want to just like dredge through it. Mm -hmm. So I just put it completely on the afterburners, and so I mean, ever since then, I haven't really had the desire to sit down and watch it again. Plus, if I watch too many of those in a row, it's like, it starts messing with my mind and I start having weird dreams and stuff. Mm. Um, So... But of your no, life I'm, in the MC, yeah, I can't even describe it. It is stuff like that. It's just violent, really violent nightmares, just ah. terrible, like real nightmares, not just kind of like ah, this is you know nice slasher stuff going on. Yeah. It's, it's you know entertaining me. It's like serious stuff where it's like oh my god, you know family's getting killed or something. Yeah, so, so it's just it's too much sometimes. Uh, it works in my subconscious or unconscious, however. Whatsoever. Now do you
1: binge watch a lot. I mean, like in oh, terms yeah. of like series, do you like to do that with them?
0: i do until warmer? it starts messing with my head no. true true blood that did that to me too i guess breaking bad did that to me as well you know stuff that's like really intense like yeah. that. yeah um so I stopped Sons of Anarchy, and I was kind of talking against it. And then uh, one of my coworkers, my manager, said, "Oh, you know, just I mean, he loves it all the way to. Did it's done now, right? Yeah, it's, it's over. like the seven. It ended last se-
1: they just year. added the seventh season. That's right. what I'm
0: on right now. Um, so for whatever reason, I just decided to pick it up again because he said, "Oh, you know, it's not that bad. It's not like the whole time there in Ireland. I think the whole baby thing was knowing about that. I was kind of like not interested in it, mm. but and it is kind of like kind of whiny." Like, I, oh, I will kid, say, blah, 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 blah. yeah,
2: I will say stuff that happens in this season carries all the way through to the end. Well, of they've the done show. they've done
0: some pretty crazy reveals. Yeah. I'm like one episode from finishing this season, yeah. so I was watching it up to you guys showed up at the door today. Oh. So. Um, it's still all fresh in my brain. But, yeah, there's been some crazy stuff that's been happening. And so the merchandise really that from bad. that
2: season is the, is the most popular merchandise. The one They did shirts that had, like, four-leaf clovers in the logo, and those mm-hmm. are the most popular still. But, really, I don't think there's there's anything
0: else that I've been... Uh, oh, no, I, I picked up Killer Clowns from Outer Space, going back to what uh, you just mentioned about clowns, Kirby. Um, and I have not watched that movie since... Watching it like a gazillion times on HBO and whatever else, like with the Beastmaster, like you know they could just kept playing the same movies over and over and over hey, again. Beastmaster's on, uh, also known as HBO, right? Um, or even Spectrum Television, even earlier than that. There's there's a cable channel called Spectrum that all they played was a Beastmaster. That was like the first movie they played, and it was like every other movie that they played. Anyways, uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Watched it again for the first time in probably like twenty years. Oh yeah, it. I don't think it held up for me.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't. I haven't really watched that movie enough to really have an opinion on it. I need to rewatch it. Yeah, no, I was just kind of disappointed with what I remembered of. I did rebuy it recently because, uh, last Halloween, uh, scuzzles did a whole bunch of reissued MGM covers and they had a bunch of Mondo artists do, uh, like different, uh, box covers for them. So I got like, uh, like a copy of invasion of the body snatchers and the cover arts by Todd Slater. And there's like a child's play in the it's Chucky painted by Jason Edmondston. Yeah. So yeah, I have a bunch of those, but I haven't gone around rewatching it yet.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a killer clowns fan, but not nearly as devoted as a lot of people. I mean, I think it's it was very inventive in terms of what they could have gone down with. I mean, it's it's very sci-fi more than it is horror. I mean, it's mm-hmm. I I almost thought the first time I saw, it, I thought it was a Larry Cohen film because yeah, it seems almost sure. something like that would
2: be sandwiched it, between the stuff. And I do like the Chiodo brothers designs designed. for those, mm-hmm. those like the, the designs for those clowns and designs for the critters. I think are two of the most criminally underrated right. creature yeah. designs from the '80s. But the thing was,
0: is that for me. Kill- clowns I don't think that there was enough kind of I thought the humor was a little bit threadbare yeah. like when you watch critters you know you you just start saying well this is absurd from the very beginning yeah and you're kind of chuckling at different things or there's certain characters in there that you're chuckling at um or you know th- th- this didn't really do that as much I was kind of almost making comparisons to uh night of the creeps okay. like i wish there was more kind of um like a like a tongue-in-cheek obviously these these ufo space clowns i mean yeah that's just goofy and silly and everything but i don't know they're just it there just wasn't anything to like grab onto. Mm-hmm. i was getting kind of bored like halfway through like waiting for um more fun to happen i guess i could see that but i, think- I watched it so much as a kid that i i well, in my teens. I think it takes a
1: darker turn than people probably remember. I mean, I don't know. There's a couple scenes in it that are just downright, you know, kind of, like, creepy, not in a way, like, uh, traditionally, but mm-hmm. just kind of, like, I think it's almost from the pageantry of it. Like, it's just so over the top, over the big top, maybe. Mm-hmm. Not <laughs> I not want to be. But it is... Um, it's one of those things that I, I, I don't know, maybe it's John Vernon's performance, and it's just one of those things It just, it works for me definitely definitely agree, though, with Victor, that I, I was always a big Critters fan. I think a lot of stuff in the 80s, I think, was just, you know, love letters to 50 sci-fi films, and they just tried to, you know, I don't know, I agree with you, I don't know if things were always calibrated the best, Night of the Creeps being a great example of everything so many different genres together working perfectly right that's that's definitely one thing i would also say like the blob remake just being so you know um not only effects heavy and stuff but Mm -hmm. you know it's just great even victor and i mentioned watching tremors again Mm -hmm. you know that's a total right total you know homage that just works but yeah you know an arachnophobia all that stuff that's
2: another great point
0: anyway okay yeah no that's that's it for me
2: Um, you, victor i have a few i haven't i I didn't get around to seeing too much stuff i've just been slammed with like prep for all the events we're doing in may um i did uh this past monday i went to an imax presentation of the uh batman versus superman dawn of justice trailer this was the same trailer that got leaked ahead of time like a few days ahead of time but um I went to go see it anyway because i just wanted to see what it would look like on imax and um they played it twice a bunch of the scenes are shot on native IMAX, kind of like The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. And like the second, the, right after the first time they played it, they had like a little interstitial with Zack Snyder, and uh, he was talking about like, "Oh, keep your eyes out because uh, we film like excellent, like a huge percentage of the movies filmed in native IMAX, so you could see like just like The Dark Knight, where like it's all in like regular, and then the screen blows up because it turns into IMAX." So that was kind of cool seeing that, because I guess uh, the fight scene between, like, Batman and Superman is all in IMAX. And then there's, like, a little tag at the end that's not in the trailer online, where, like, once the trailer ends, it had a scene of uh, Batman and Superman charging each other and about to throw, like, a you know punch, and that's where the trailer ends and he's clearly wearing the Dark Knight Returns battle suit mm-hmm. so it looks pretty good I mean uh, it got me a little bit more excited for that we got some really nice uh, teaser posters and um, everybody who went which is funny because I guess originally it was booked out for 450 people I'd say less than half probably showed up because they thought it'd be the same trailer and uh, they gave everybody in attendance like a um, a voucher which it lets you get in to see an IMAX screening of the full movie like a couple weeks before it comes out next year sweet so that was kind of a nice bonus um did you want to know what i thought of the trailer oh yeah it's just one thing all right
0: Uh, and and i'm gonna preface saying that i i am not a dc fan Mm -hmm. though i love the original christopher reeve superman I, I, i i love the tim burton batman movies i like the nolan ones too ben affleck in the right in that middle scene when he's when he's he doesn't have his mask on yeah. he's just looking really like just morose and yeah. angry or whatever all i thought of was grumpy cat uh-huh because he does the kind of the corner yeah. uh, of his mouth you know just the yeah,
2: I he does that's doesn't all I thought was just, like sadness too well you know that's no
0: oh but we did watch um i don't know maybe it was something that was like in the back of my head but we watched um jay and silent bob strike back uh the other day Mm. and so when he came on i mean i don't i don't know i don't know in some things i suppose i like ben affleck but he was so jarring he was the bomb in
2: phantoms that's that's what i heard yo (laughs) yeah i'd forgotten how many like view askew movies he was actually and he was like in like three or four of them yeah yeah and apparently they're not friends at all anymore because of jennifer garner well no I i thought kevin smith went like on the set no, Zack Snyder like invited him to go on the set. Oh. But apparently him and Ben Affleck are like not like tight at all anymore. Oh. So there's no gonna be no catch and release too? Is that what you're trying to tell <laughs> me, Victor? <sighs> wow. No, um let's see, what else did I watch this week? Uh, I finally got around to seeing Big Eyes speaking of Tim Burton movies. Yeah. Um I mean I like I liked it I suppose it doesn't really I was thinking it'd be more like Ed Wood. Right, me too. And it just it it's just like it has this it's like a, biopic quality even the ending where like this is what happened to all of them. I'm like, "Man, I I feel like I watched a TV movie mm-hmm. kind of." Amy Adams, I thought, was pretty solid. And I like Jason Schwartz's role as this kind of like douchey gallery owner. No surprise. He's really good at doing those (laughs) douchey roles. And Christoph Waltz is basically playing Christoph Christoph Waltz, Waltz. And I think to the detriment of the movie, because there's a part in the movie... Or like, there's a reveal that his character is supposed to be French, but he's never been to France. But he oh, has spoiler like, word. no, no, it, you don't know the context, so <laughs> right. it's not okay. anything. But it, to me, it's like it's Christoph Waltz. He's doing like the French. It, 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 it's not like he even tried to do like an accent. There's no way you can see Christoph Waltz and not think he's European. Is what I'm saying. I suppose, yeah, yeah. So to me, that like uh, I I couldn't believe that much about the character. Well,
0: I just thought the movie was just kind of
2: there. Yeah, I I, I wanted to like. it. There was it. no kind of like yeah. Burton feel to it. No, and nice, and but. the things that it tried to do that were they did it through CGI and it like just it, right. It, yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of a bummer. Yeah, it was. I that's exactly my my thing. I it was, was like, interesting to learn about her, but yeah and I liked Amy Adams I thought she like really threw herself into it like Mm -hmm. you know she has a religious conversion thing going on later on in the movie and I thought she sold that really well and some stuff with numerology that I also thought she sold well in the movie or conveyed like a genuine like knowledge of that but I think she does that in everything when I saw the master she plays like that kind of shrew controlling woman really well in that you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. Not that she's controlling in Big Eyes, but, I mean, she throws herself in every part she does. No, even in The Muppets, I thought she was good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see. What else? Uh, I finally finished Daredevil. Um, I'm I'm still not all the way through. I I won't spoil it. it. It's good. I feel like it's a little too long. Like they pay it's a slow burn, I do like it as a whole and it's i feel like it's kind of set in hindsight I feel like it's set up to be binge watched, and I didn't binge watch it. I watched like two or three episodes at a time and then i I kind of felt like oh right, we're back to these characters and certain like of uh, the s- subsidiary characters or secondary characters get like a lot of exposure oh, yeah they kind of doesn't pay off, I felt. But I did like the Daredevil costume and I thought the last few episodes were really well done. Mm. You know. And just in you know, just because I wanted to revisit uh, you know, and and this'll probably just roll right into the topic. I watched Electra, the director's cut of Electra Who's not in the Daredevil show, not to be a spoiler or anything. I think she's alluded to in the one of the la- later episodes. But I want to get a vibe of how, like, you know, it would stack up versus the TV show. And I, I just remember, like, man, if ever there's a good example of, like, the 90s versions of superhero movies versus now, I think Elektra is a very good, like, primer on that. Mm-hmm. It's like where you throw you know like 90s versions of superhero movies like they throw you into like an action scene with that character and they're always tormented. You know, you get a lot of pointless backstory and they kill all the villains you know and that's pretty much what Elektra is I'm like wow really like and they always have sequels and I was like thought when when I was watching movies even like Batman or Blade I'm like that's a really interesting villain why are you killing them off just when you've barely touched on them at all sure it's oh, a paint-by-numbers. Yeah, exactly. That's what it felt like. And I feel like superhero movies and comic book movies now seem to be more invested in world-building. it's like, oh, we've touched on this character a bit. Let's keep coming back to them rather than we've just wasted a whole movie setting them off. Let's not kill them just for the sake of an ending. Right. Yeah, but that was definitely
1: the... I mean, it's a great point, but that's been, you know, the schism between, you know, uh, comic comic book fans and your general movie goer was, I mean, it took a long time to get to that point where, uh, and it's a good way to say, I mean, obviously it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe is what most people think of, but just the idea, though, of not having, it's not a happy or an unhappy ending, it's just a comic book, which is generally, you know, you're going to have an arc, you're going to have a, a story that's going to continue on, but you're it's the character development and the idea that villains can have uh, you know, a strong um you know presence and and be able to have you know be more than villains i
2: mean that's yeah i mean and, and not to, not to spoil daredevil because i know adam's still watching it but like i'm still watching it too. and to, i won't spoil it i'm, I'm trying damn right, right you won't <laughs> but daredevil spends a lot of time building up like motivation and like uh not like an origin thing. I mean, even though there is that for the main antagonist in that show to the point where when the show was over, I was, I remember seeing, somebody said this show could have easily been called Kingpin. And I'm like, I can kind of see that not in a bad way, but like, I like how you got to explore both the characters mm-hmm. motivations and it didn't seem like a one dimensional villain, you know? Right. But yet again, you're working with a TV
0: show yeah, and you're working with what has, like what Kirby said, how it's evolved up to where we are mm-hmm. now with the, sorry, with the mentality the best, of how that's they're That's the approaching best word it. to use it too, is evolution
1: both as how it's become over the last, let's just say 20, 25 mm-hmm. years. And then also that whole, um, you know the evolution of the actual characters. I mean yeah. a big thing for me though I want to say this cuz Victor brought this up when we went down to a film fest um we mentioned a couple weeks ago the all night scream screamorama was that uh, a great thing about that you know, obviously it's it's a huge discussion. We may go into it here in the, the meat of this uh topic, but is the the whole thing about how to handle the origin story, whether it's in uh, you know, just uh the initial films or reboots or reimagines or whatever, but I just wanna say I really did like the uh Daredevil title sequence kinda um origin story thing it just was short sweet and perfect and daredevil yeah people saw the movie and stuff may know and there's obviously a, a legion of fans for it but it's one that it really does work rather simply as because you can have uh the development of the character through his training obviously and through his his progression as you know and he goes off in you know multi-dimensions but it's just one of those things i'm like the actual it's kind of like the 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 classic peter parker it's like he got bit by the spider. Okay, it's done. Yeah, there's there's nothing else really,
0: really to say beyond that. Well, like, what what I appreciate about Daredevil is that yes, it, it kind of pretty much hit the ground running, and the way that they dealt with his backstory is through flashback mm-hmm. and kind it's of built you up in in, into you know who he is and why he is and and you know the different uh, uh, reasons, well, the reasons behind why he does what he does. Um, which I appreciate it because I'm I'm actually kind of getting sick of origin stories. Um, well, I think it's I'm most completely uh, done with. Well, origin that's where Victor. Stories. Oh, I
1: was trying to, to be honest. Victor was talking about how much how much it's it's just done, tired and dead. Right. And I said, yeah, without a doubt. And I think that's a common common issue, especially as I kind of hinted there at the Spider-Man franchise. But I think it's just also one of those things where people are going to say you know maybe deride this idea but I mean I think people are lazy and they probably aren't going to put a whole lot of work into you know um, like if they were interested you know and find something but I mean I think a good chunk of folks are also just going to go to a Wikipedia page which obviously not the authority of everything despite some some belief in that but that you can really get a pretty good overview I mean of of any character of any subject quickly um, without a a minimal effort at best and i think that um that's
2: also the internet obviously is a huge part of of the comic book movies for better or for worse so i remember when i saw x-men 3 the last stand in a movie theater when it first came out i think this was Probably when there were when when was that like oh five I think no no it was earlier than maybe like oh four or 05, somewhere along that I think it was 04, 05 because the second one came out in oh three yeah the first yeah one in two thousand so yeah, must yeah it would have been, been around like, then yeah and I mean the internet like geek scene I still think was kind of nascent at that point but I remember going in there watching I I'd, I'd been read the X Men comics like my whole life you know and I sat next to these two people who the whole movie were like you know, cheering at like points you think would cheer. And, you know, there was a lot of, you know, when X-Men 3 came out, there was a lot of hubbub because Brian Singer had done the first two X-Men movies. And they were clearly, clearly leading toward a Dark Phoenix saga for part three. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. all set up for that. And he dropped out of doing X-Men 3 so he could do Superman Returns for DC. Whoops. And Brett Ratner ended up directing X-Men 3. And Brett Ratner was, at the time, a very, like, critically reviled director by like you know oh he's the guy who does those uh, shanghai noon movies rush or, hour yeah rush hour you know just kind of like bro movies you, you know he's a very workman director and there's nothing wrong with that but he had also been known for making douchey comments about like oh i just it's i don't care i'm gonna do whatever and in x-men 3 you, you go back and it's it's not a great movie clearly it's not the movie that the x-men 1 and 2 were leading up to but for what it is and for that time it's all right you know it's like especially i think he only had he just jumped into direction it could have been much worse is what i'm saying but when that movie was over these people this i remember this clear to stay the guy and the girl get up she's like that's the worst piece of crap i've ever seen i can't wait to go home and tell everyone on uh on my aol yeah you know on eight and cool how shitty it is and i'm thinking the whole time like you were cheering like you know when uh oh when shadow cat beats up juggernaut all this stuff that people hated about that movie mm-hmm. and a lot of the a lot of the, where i'm going with is like there's clearly you know a schism you know where i was where the earlier movies were x-men 3 and Fox clearly said, "Oh, this is a trilogy because back in the aughts, it's like everything's a trilogy, 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 and now it's the cinematic universe like thing where everything is a saga. It can go on and on and on forever. And clearly, that's what the Marvel Cinematic Universe is based on, and that's probably why they take such pains to make introduce characters that they're going to reuse in the long term, like Thanos, who's like been in like you know two or three movies, depending on what part of the world you live in now." Uh, that he's an important character in the comics. We know he's going to be a big antagonist in the future, but he's barely done anything. Right. Yeah.
1: That's a great point, though. I mean, just overall, I mean, that's a classic story and reaction. Mm -hmm. I mean, without a doubt. I just think that, like, it's interesting now how even that's become. I mean, I'm thinking here, it's 15 years today. I mean, or 15 years now, because X-Men is what relaunched. I mean, what launched the profitability of comic book movies without a doubt in the modern age i mean spider-man proved it i mean that was the first film i mean maybe what 115 million its first weekend i mean which was just unheard of at the time uh-huh. but it's it's one of those things where you know i mean you're talking beloved properties and stuff but there was still a risk it wasn't gonna work oh yeah and um you know obviously certain things but i do think the x-men x-men 2 yeah there was a huge setup i think there's just there was an
2: unevenness in a lot of those times, and but that's the thing. I mean, oh yeah, if you watch X Men One, it's not even ninety minutes long. Yeah, it's just set up, which well, yeah. is weird. At the time, you know, X Men Two, I think, is easily the strongest one of those. Oh, X Men Two is, but I, at, I doubt yeah, X Men One. X-Men 1 you rewatched that, I'm like, man, this is a short movie, and it just kind of like gets to its little story and it ends really quickly. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it still kept him alive. Yeah. So see,
1: there was at least.
2: Some plus, see, that was Ian, that's part of what you're I saying. I will that. say, even considering X Men Days of Future Past and all the other and even Origins that X Men One has the weirdest MacGuffin out of any comic book movie I can think of. Like the cyclotron inside of the torch of the Statue of Liberty to turn everyone into a mutant. Yeah, that was definitely uh Well keep it simple, because it was yeah. an ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. That and, him, and the, him becoming the incredible Melty Man.
1: Yeah. I wasn't exactly expecting it, that it, part I either. think
2: it's also probably one of the ones where like, every member of the X-Men actually has to use their powers to make the movie work. That doesn't happen very often anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, I think for me, the first X-Men film, if it wasn't for uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine yeah. and how they introduced him in the film, the rest of it would not have worked oh,
2: yeah. at all i think i'm pretty sure hugh jackman is what is what's kept that franchise together for as long because i don't think there's ever been a better more perfect casting of a character uh i guess unless if you look at like uh robert downey jr as iron man right know? he is a tony stark without a doubt
1: and that's i mean that's the thing though you you also look at it too i mean my whole thing with x-men was as i was a fan of the comic books probably not as devout as you like because i know you're a really big fan but the one oh, thing i was I, was, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I was a big fan
2: of, though was i love the fox animated show when yeah, i was that's, like that's, what, and, and that's that's what and that's what really I, got me into and the yeah. fact is the fox animated show like adapted like story arcs from the comics like Perfectly, yeah. That's what I. But that's what I wanted in
1: the films, not perfectly, because obviously, running times. It's interesting they bring up the ninety-minute running time. That's fascinating to think now that you pretty much can't go see a movie and it not be over two two hours. Oh yeah, almost two and every half.
2: comic book movie is at least two and a half to three hours long.
1: Yeah. All right but that's I mean that's part two into the not to derive but I just I think that's a great point that I hadn't even thought of till you mentioned it what I really think of that too is it's also plays into like the MCU kind of thing where people are just not only of course nitpicky to no end but I mean it's almost reached like a Game of Thrones type like level of detail because you have that merging of people who are absolutely trying to be like soothsayers of what's gonna happen in it Mm -hmm. but it's also like that but people are just becoming like um, so rabid about like how the film should go and and all these little things and I mean you know I mean there's no PR firm there's no people there's no handlers that aren't reading everything going okay what should we do here sure. you know and it's kind of like I think that there was some you know definitely more renegade there's both ones that play if you want to look at a play it safe you look at like Fantastic Four the first two films yeah. like a total family friendly and then you do look at some that went outside the lines and and that's one of the things though i would say to you know although we've already really started gotten the ball rolling here but i think a big thing here is is that there's superhero movies and there's comic book movies Mm -hmm. and because it is two different things i mean especially now i mean it was happening a while ago we've already mentioned a few of the titles like you know even though there's like a blade which is somewhere in between but i mean i would say that's something like very different from now like people are absolutely it is a marvel dc kind of world Mm -hmm. and then everything else is like either that's a comic book or a graphic novel whatever terminology you know you prefer to use i mean where appropriate maybe where not but it's it's like that is literally you know the divine line because when you talk about and that's i think it's all kind of i'm kind of going off in a bunch of different directions as usual but I think that that's some of the things that are generated when I think
0: about how much has changed in the last fifteen years. Oh yeah, with comic book movies. One of the things in my brain that has changed because now that it's like a whole universe, and there you know there's all these crossovers is when I go back and if I'm watching like let's say like Sam Raimi's Spider Man or even like you know the the first X Men or whatever, they're in New York. So then I, I or well I guess Spider Man's in in Chicago, right? Or they in no, New York? No, they're
2: all in New York. Okay. As, As in they shot the infamous it,
0: uh, Spider-Man they shot original it in, trailer. shot in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, where's the Hulk in all this? Like, what if there's all this shit's going down, people are getting killed, like, by the hundreds. Where's Iron Man? Yeah. Where's all the other people? Why is it just like Spider-Man that's doing all this stuff? And they're like a little red light going off in someone's like well, cave. Somewhere I actually,
2: one of on? those things I remember the first Avengers movie, even though Spider-Man's rights are controlled by 20th century Fox is that Joss Whedon and Kevin Faye had asked Sony If they could send them the digital assets for their design of the Oscorp tower, so they could put it in the Avengers. Mm -hmm. And I guess for whatever reason, the the effects team on Spider-Man was running way behind, so they never sent them the assets. Uh But... But they wanted to put that in there as an Easter egg. Oh, sure. No, no. And I believe it now. But it's just,
0: what I'm saying, it's weird to go back and watch the films that have already been done. Yeah. And now my brain is thinking of where are all these other characters. Yeah. You know that they could just like pop up at any moment mm-hmm. and now it's almost like it's expected like you're going to see like the oscorp building in the background or uh you know whatever have you you can go down the list of different things that you might see
2: yeah that has you know i, the- I will say that's one of the things i like about stuff like daredevil how they've used some of that to build to make their uh show work versus reality um like this isn't really a spoiler, since they talk about it in the first couple episodes of Daredevil, and we've seen that, where um, Hell's Kitchen and Daredevil is kind of a slum, mm-hmm. whereas in the real world, it's been completely gentrified and really expensive to live there. Right. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, to use the fact that the Battle of New York happened, a.k.a. Avengers 1, and like it demolished... Uh, hell's kitchen and because of that now it's kind of like this low income area that's full of crime right and all like, avengers and daredevil both constantly reference the fact that harlem was completely destroyed in the incredible hulk so we know yeah. the new york of the marvel universe is more like the comic book version just because they've done things like that Mm-hmm. You know we know washington dc was almost completely destroyed because of captain america uh winter soldier so it's just stuff like that that i like that other avenues pick up and run with it right yeah
0: yeah no and i like that stuff
1: yeah it's interesting too to think about the hulk like for example though i mean of a great thing kind of like what both of you are mentioning though is, is interesting though it's like you think of the previous the two hulk films both Angley's and the um, the Edward Norton one. Yeah. And you have like, you know, obviously two very different films, polarized opinions about it. But it's like interesting now how people like don't really talk about it. It's like that's what I'm kinda saying. Like you look at something like why well, I saw the Fantastic Four uh, trailer. You know, it's it's interesting to me that it's like I mean obviously it got a very dark night treatment. I mean it's you know completely different and it's one of those things where, I mean, like people, that's what it's kind of saying about the MCU thing is that people are just kind of reaching a point where it's like, it's not like those never happened because this is the path we want to go down. Oh, you it's mean like the, like the previous Yeah, like previous films. The, almost like you were saying, like the Raimi films. It's like, mm-hmm. and for the reasons they are not sometimes not as good or um, have faults or some, some of the things we've already mentioned, but it's like they still exist. It's like, it's all part of, a, a, you know, it's all part in the end of, of, of you know, kind of like what you said from the beginning like how the story is told it shouldn't matter but i think that that's a a real this is like a real line in the sand a real division now in filmmaking where people are i mean in the comic book world it's mm-hmm. like this has to be this way and and while that's a good thing because i think there's a quality control measure it's also becoming like um like this is the only way it can be done and it's like that kind of goes to me against the way comic books are, which is, I mean, I'm not just talking about the retcon kind of aspects, but just that, People tell different stories or have different versions of those characters, yeah. and one is not better than the other. Um, some people have preferences, and I think that that also just goes with the way films are being made now and remade. As people go, the newest version is the best version. Uh, yeah. A huge aspect of that is, I mean, we can definitely go into the whole Superman thing, and you know, you've got multiple versions of that, multiple attempts to make different mm-hmm. things. But it's weird for me to think of is like we're talking about TV on kind of the outside one. It's like it's strange how much you don't read at least i don't really think about it, even though i watched it but it's like how much smallville affected you know oh, yeah. you know something like that that's mm-hmm. like that's it took on a completely i mean that's very near and dear to a lot of people but then you have like a um both a superman returns and a a man of steel where it's not really like either of those 100 yeah. percent. and so now you have a completely different one
0: but Would, like it's like you said it's they even in like the comic book universe, they had different incarnations of the same character. So go back to Spider-Man again. You had the amazing Spider-Man. You had spectacular Spider-Man. You had web of Spider-Man. You yeah, had all these exactly. different, ver- you know, you had regular Spider-Man, you know, it just, it kept reinventing itself. So, I mean, the, the, uh, you know, I guess they're saying, you know, the movies can do that too, but uh, it's, it's not exciting for me. Well, especially with the Spider-Man stuff. Mm. Um, what the X Men? They they pretty much started all over again and just wiped the the slate clean. Uh, I don't know. It's weird.
2: Well, it, one of the things that I think is, I mean, just along those lines, if you look at it, the the most prevailing example of what you're talking about is Quicksilver. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, the he Fox. exists in two completely separate movie universes right now. Right. Because Quicksilver, they had him in X-Men Days of Future Past, played by uh Evan Peters, and then he's in Avengers 2 Age of Ultron played by um uh, yeah, kick- Aaron Johnson. <laughs> yeah, they're both and that's a funny thing. They're both in the first kick Kick-Ass movie, they're yeah. best friends. Yeah. But I don't know if that's a rib or something, but it to me it's just funny like they can call him Quicksilver in both universes because I guess he was a founding Avenger but he's also a mutant but they can't acknowledge that that Magneto is his father in the Avengers universe because Fox owns Magneto. Gotcha. Yeah. Whereas they could have in the X-Men universe but they never did. They just kind of made an in-joke about it. So Mm -hmm. we should probably
1: just stop all this and have like a film where it's the Battle of the Lawyers in New York. (laughs) Like...
2: (laughs) Just like well, full on roundtable. What's table really of funny? Death. A lot of a lot of uh, you know, they had the big Sony leak that happened not that long ago, and WikiLeaks posted the entire all the entire uh, searchable index of all the emails, and a lot of comic sites have been going through this to, to find out stuff about Marvel. And I think one of the things they found out is that uh, Sony. I think wanted to do or uh either Sony or Fox wanted to do a movie that was set in the Savage Land. Hmm. And I guess uh no it was Fox. So Fox uh was trying to figure out oh, can we use the Savage Land? And they're like, No, it was not part of the X-Men grant. And they're like, can we still use an island with dinosaurs in it? Because so-and-so really wants to set his movie in an island with dinosaurs in it. It's like, we just have to be really careful with how we talk to Marvel about it so they don't think we're using the Savage Land. But I think we're clear with dinosaurs. So instead, That That sounds like Jurassic
1: World. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you got, of course, and it's like almost to the point, it's like, oh, are you not going to allow actors? You already allowed the Human Torch to leave, you know, and do... It's just i've I've reached a point where it's like, I guess, like I said, I don't know me, that's just something I feel very strongly about, but I think it's because of of growing up with comic books, and it's like you just realize people are just gonna do different things, right. and I guess that that's one of the things why I am not a big fan anymore. i don't I don't get excited about most of the features coming out. I will go see them, mm-hmm. but I don't have the 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 way I felt ten years ago, maybe. I mean, and obviously, I was severely disappointed by a lot of films, but, you know, and and then there's characters, you know, it's sad that you want them maybe to get another chance. Like, I would not mind a Ghost Rider reboot. I don't think it's.
2: I I don't think you're alone in that. Yeah. I think if a Ghost Rider reboot happens, it's going to end up being like a netflix or cable thing like daredevil oh yeah i would rather see it be more like the renegade television show yeah and what we got on the silver screen with nick cage yeah oh yeah well, well, it's it, just like Punisher, like Marvel owns the Punisher again. I don't think we're ever going to see a Punisher movie again. I God, think Warzone it, was so good, though. Please, make another Punisher movie. I think, I think Punisher, Punisher will movie. end yeah. up in, either in a Spider-Man kind of movie, now that uh, Marvel can do a, a Spider-Man movie again, or he's going to end up in Daredevil somewhere. Mm. Oh, yeah. That was like, yeah, his most um,
0: uh, uh, exposure that he got were in those two titles. Yeah. Titles. Other than his own thing, I would I would love to see that first, uh, the first um, uh, mini series that he had, you know, going from when he was in prison, mm-hmm. um, and
2: from that point. But the, it's I don't know. I mean, that one of the things I wonder is like, uh, have we as like just because these happen so much now, I mean, this year there's more comic book movies coming out that I can't even think of happening in one year. It used to be when a, when a, like a Batman came out, that was like the event of the year. Right. Yeah. You look forward to it for like months and like now it's like, oh yeah, well Avengers comes out uh, this Friday. Then Ant-Man comes out like next month. Right. Then it's so-and-so movie. So, What's and so the, movie, uh, so-and-so movie. What do you call it? Temple.
1: Yeah. You know, It's like they literally, every uh, comic book day, uh, Memorial Day, 4th of July, Mm -hmm. has literally been booked through 2025. I saw some, uh, you know, it's interesting that these still come out in the age of the internet like i I mean i think it's cool in a respect that you still see like commemorative magazines because i remember getting like star log and like you know those kind of ones where you'd get those issues i mean yeah i I remember having tons of them my brother having tons of them and they were just amazing you know it was back then it was the only way you could look at a lot of the pictures and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um besides like a tie-in novel but um i saw one for the avengers i was in like a a waiting room or something and it was like one of those things where you're i'm like looking through it and it had all the schedule across like eight pages Hmm. and it was into like 2025 and i'm going yeah that's only 10 years from right now but i'm like you already have literally it wasn't just the the amount of movies it was the amount of sequels they had and you could literally see how many more were
0: coming i'm just going "Eh." well and it i and i have to go back to something that victor said where it was a, a trend you know, decades ago to do, you know, the trilogy. Yeah. It still is now, too. It's like, I don't necessarily... You know what? I don't want to see another Thor movie. I'm sorry. I don't. Mm. I don't want to see, actually, another Captain America movie. I don't see the purpose of it. I would rather see something where it's... uh I uh, God, well, what am I grabbing at here? Maybe I'm getting a little bit bored I, I, that's, like I
1: guess that's what I'm bored. trying to say. It's like I'm just not I mean I understand all these things are gonna happen Civil war, infinity gauntlet right um all these things are gonna occur and it's like great i'm we're talking about some of the greatest storylines ever in comic book history, but I just I just don't really. It's like, I know it, it'll it be, I'll, I'll go and I'll be like, I'll right. have, I'll probably have some fun. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that's the thing. It doesn't last because almost like you said, there was a buildup. There was always such an excitement and it was because
2: it was rare and invaluable. And now it's it's just cheap. Well, to me, it's it's a weird thing because it used to be, you'd, you know, you were a kid like, oh, I got to support this movie. So they'll do a sequel. So they'll do this movie that I want to see or they'll introduce this character. Right. With Avengers 2. We already know. Right now, they're filming Captain America three, right. which you know it's going to be like oh the next uh, like Avengers two point five basically, and we know they're filming Avengers three and four back to back next year. Mm-hmm. So you know whatever movie you're watching now really doesn't have any stakes in terms of like oh it's not like you know they're going to kill and like. A really important character off or since there's gonna be there'll be status quo changes because we know what the next movie is gonna bait be based on mm-hmm. but it's almost like that's done check 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 you know and like there's some of these movies like iron man 2 which i remember you watch iron man 2 now it's not a very good movie you know but in the terms of things now that you see it all it did was set up other movies right there's all this like laying the groundwork for like the tv show captain america 2 mm-hmm. the avengers part 2 avengers 3 and 4 um it even sets up like it's like set up set up set up set yeah. up so i gotta imagine that must have been a nightmare to work on for whoever was on there. It's like i want to tell a story well yeah but you here's like two thousand things you need to set up for future movies yeah and i have to imagine that's like a Crushing thing for a writer or a director be like, I have a simple story I want to tell. So like, yeah, you have to do that. But at the same time, you have to set up like 15 other projects. Oh, please, please tell me you got John Favreau's number and we can just call him right now and get him. <laughs>
0: can we Skype him right now, uh, please? If only. Oh. But isn't
1: that, I mean, but that's part of the reason I think they have people like Joss
2: Whedon and James Gunn now It's because you need someone who's in well, the know. That's the thing. Like, Joss Whedon, like, I guess this is his last movie and he's just been go- doing interviews left and right about, like, oh, I'm so glad I'm done. Oh, yeah. He's well, I'm sure bridges, he is, right? but I mean, yeah. I think it's that we
1: got to fulfill the dream. But I think you need someone who knows what they're doing. Um, you know, it's like you kind of said, like Brett Reiner, he can make a competent film. I mean, it's it worked
2: popcorn flick. Yeah, I mean, I think Red it. Dragon is a, con, you know, it, it, it's it out of, it, you know, it's a remake of Manhunter. It is what it is. I like it, you know.
1: I always liked it. I yeah. always thought they... They cast it well. And I mean, I think a lot of these films, and that's a big part. Of it. It's kind of like you were talking about a great point about the Hugh Jackman uh, carrying that film. I mean, I remember being a kid, especially watching the X-Men animated, uh, series on Fox was, ca- you know, being with friends and casting movies like, you know, I mean, this was in the uh, the, the the early years of Wizard. I yeah. remember them casting Spider-Man and wanting uh, and thinking John Cusack would be the best Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, it's interesting. You know, there's people without like Arnold Schwarzenegger would make the ultimate Colossus, you know, it's all based on, but now that you have, I mean, casting agents have literally, you know, uh, you know a million headshots and profiles at their disposal i mean you can use imaging software matching to what you want it to look like or you can and, and then uh, leveraging against what the star power of, of a particular individual is i mean it's it's a good thing because you're really starting to see some people who are who are a great embodiment and then others where it's like You know, maybe not as much, but you know the the ones that really count, which I've mentioned here, uh, Downey Jr. being another one for the Tony Stark and the Iron Man. I mean, it just you know, I know it's just obviously like a suit, but that's the whole point is that it's the character underneath and what they bring to it, and his voice and all that, just smarmy as hell, and and, you know, just such a perfect example. I mean, I even liked Christian Bale as a Batman, you know, because Mm -hmm. it did fit the Playboy thing well, but at the same time batman the animated series is another one i will always love and i will always view that um element i guess that's part of the time i grew up but that's to me also a real element of batman which by the way my only comment on the batman versus the superman trailer was i was definitely pleased at the increased death metal in uh bruce wayne's <laughs> voice it is getting straight
2: no i got roll i will say i i liked the fact that they had a voice distortion thing built into the suit and that's how they're explaining the batman voice and the funny thing to me to that about that is like they do that on the arrow tv show and it's just like the batman anime series where there's ideas from other things like oh that makes sense let's just steal that and use it you know it's smart that they're at least not married to like the whole like okay What's your Bruce Wayne voice? Hi, I'm Bruce Wayne. Now do your Batman voice. Hi, I'm Bruce Wayne. Now you have my permission to talk. I was just
0: saying, this is, uh, this is your audition right now. <laughs> yeah,
1: no doubt. It's also kind of interesting, too. It's funny you brought up Arrow. It's how interesting, like, DC is building their brand through, like, television.
2: Again, like, with the Flash and all that. Well, it's and, weird because it's just the CW shows. Yeah. The but CW the thing, shows eh? are so good. I mean, I liked Constantine... You know, I don't know if it's coming back for another season, but at the same time, um, at the same time, I would say that like uh, what is it? iZombie, Zombie, which is also a Dis- a Disney show. Yeah, I like that show. And um, Gotham, which is a Fox show, are all in, set in their own kind of separate universes. And I'm not a huge Gotham person. You know, I, I don't like Gotham. I love Batman. I hate Gotham. <laughs> but I love Arrow and Flash, and I want to see the next incarnation of that. And we're, just on that note, we're probably going to break into talking a little bit more about, you know, some indie superhero movies that we, you probably were waiting to hear about, like maybe The Crow or Ghost World, in the second part of our discussion on superhero movies. And we're going to tie this up right now and you can hear that on the 12th edition of Cult Following which you can listen to next week. On our next, just remember guys, this Saturday, May 2nd, you can find Cult Classics at the Pollock Tempe Cinemas as we're showing Big Trouble in Little China and all attendees are going to get Free comic books courtesy of Zia Records. Yep, free comics, you guys. You can also find us on SoundCloud if you're looking for past episodes or cultfollowing.co. Subscribe to Cult Following on iTunes. Also, May 16th, we have Poltergeist, the original, a week before the remake comes out. So check that out. Tickets are also available for that now. On cultclassicsaz.com And we're also Going to be at the Phoenix Comic Con Doing a live podcast Taping May, May, May May, yes May 29th 9 to 10pm At the Phoenix Comic Con Room 211 We are going to do our live podcast Being a cult following, and it's going to be on horror heroes. Who do you side with? Ripley, Jack Burton, Ash, or more along the lines of a Jason, Freddy, Michael Myers guy. We'll debate whether we like horror monsters or horror heroes more. And we'll also be at Mad Monster Party Phoenix, May 8th through May 10th. Check us out there. We'll have some amazing exclusives. And if you still haven't gotten your tickets, go to madmonster.com and get your tickets there. Enter code CULT15 and save 25% off your tickets. I'm on it. Yep. So, you guys, until our next edition, this is Victor Marino. Kirby Nelson. And i Murkowski. Remember, guys, don't eat after midnight and stay dry. Wash my feet. Ah! Batman.